Welcome to Forging a Life Beyond the Curve, calling in your unique destiny with Coach Christine Clark. Imagine you are a ball of steel, smooth, small, and cool to the touch. Your very being is softened by fire as you take hits that shape you. Christine is a transformational life coach dedicated to empowering entrepreneurs to create a whole life success on their terms. On this show, you will be forged into a magnificent, powerful, highly functional work of art that is your significant life. Now, here's your host, Christine Clark. Join me, Coach Christine Clark, as we forge our lives. We are going to go beyond the curve and call in your unique destiny. Who will you be when you believe you have what it takes? Hello, everybody. I am Coach Christine. This is Forging a Life beyond the curve calling in your unique destiny thank you for tuning in today hello to all of our listeners in seattle and all of you checking us out on facebook and youtube i am so jazzed for this show today my friend and mentor coach sean smith is joining me today on a topic that is really just so very relevant especially this week as families gather um, for the holiday and this is really a universal topic you know we raise our kids so that they can leave the nest they can go out and be a productive part of society right but what happens as these children become 18 20 22 and they fly you know how do parents let go how do we cope when our children cut the cord and leave us hanging you know, there's some rough waters as the parent-child relationship shifts. And when kids leave home, there's pride and there's pain, there's nurturing and loneliness, and it all just collides. And we yet, we have to navigate this absolutely necessary evolution of our most primary of all relationships, the parent-child relationship. I'm honored and downright grateful to have Sean Smith with me today. He is one of the reasons I became a transformational life coach. <laughs> Sean is a husband and a father of two remarkable young people. And he's founded a personal development company and training company in 2006. And he has helped thousands and hundreds of thousands of lives around the world as a speaker, as a trainer, and as a private coach. You can find Sean on the web at www.elitecoachinguniversity.com and coachseansmith.com. Sean, it is absolutely wonderful to have you with me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. It's great to be on with you. Yeah, we have been, Sean and I have been having this conversation over the last several months because both of us are kind of in it up to our eyeballs. Um, me with my 20, I have a son, two sons, one is 26 and one is 21. And my 21 year old is going through um, some transitions in his life. And at this point in time, he's decided that he does not want to communicate with me. He doesn't want to hear from me and he doesn't want to talk to me. Um, I'm grateful that he still is connected to his father and his brother. Um, but it's tough. It's tough stuff. And Sean, you have a daughter who has moved on to college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that for you. Yeah, my daughter is almost 20. She's a sophomore in college. And, you know, I've been, as most of us parents do, uh, just focusing on whatever's in front of us and getting our kids through school and teaching them about life and all the things that we do. And 
when my daughter turned 18, I was not ready for that. You know, I, I had talked to you, you and I had talked about once, once the kids kind of uh, fly the, the nest, so to speak. And I've heard about empty nesters and talked to people, but it was all intellectual for me. And then once my daughter turned 18, I was not prepared for what I did to myself and the questions that I asked for myself. There was something about her childhood ending. Now, of course, I will always be her dad. She'll always be my child. I get all of that, but she'll never be 17 again, right? She'll never be a child. She's, she's an adult. And, and I've just realized, Christine, that in my mind, I am not a parent of adults. I'm a parent of kids. Like that's my right. identity. Right. My identity is that I have little kids. And so I wasn't prepared for her to be an adult. It's not that I was afraid of her going out and, you know, experiencing the world as an adult and all that sort of stuff. It was just, I started to look at what I did as a parent and how I might've messed her up or how, you know, what things that I not <laughs> yeah. equip her for. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so yeah. it, it was pretty breathtaking actually. When I, when I recognized we took her to, to college and we dropped her off and helped her move in and all that. And I was good with all of that. We said our goodbyes and it was, you know, emotional. Um, but it was the next day when I woke up and I walked next, I, I walked past her room, which is right next to our room. And I looked in and the door was open and the bed was empty that's when it hit me like right. really, really hard that right. I started to miss this girl that I've spent my entire life with her under my roof. So um, I wasn't prepared for the internal conversation right. to say the least. Yeah. And it, it is, it's, it's a huge transition. I remember dropping um, Ben off at college and, and crying. And when I dropped uh, the younger one, Daniel off at college, um, he's, he was four hours away. I cried the whole way home. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, our purpose as parents, I mean, we raise children for this event, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's what we um, want to do as parents. I mean, when I think of what's our purpose as a parent, it's to have children become a productive members of society. Um, we're actually wanting to raise adults and um, it gets, it gets complicated somewhere in there. <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't get that memo. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, she's no longer under the roof. And I, mm. I think that, um, so this is great, you know, and we get hung up as parents in a lot of different ways. And, um, our, I want to dive into this. And so tell me just a little bit how we get hung up on parent, you know, as parents. Um, cause I think of it as, um, part of, you know, we're trying to have our, we want to look good through our kids. And um, we're just going to get rolling on this. I'm going to skip the yeah. first break so we can dive into this, Sean. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. I think what you started with, with purpose is a really important conversation. You know, we talk about purpose with all kinds of other areas of our lives, people that want to start businesses, what's our purpose. And I never really considered what my purpose was as a parent until recently, I heard somebody say that the first 10 years of your child's life, you're teaching them how to live with you. And the last 10 years or the next 10 years, you should be teaching them how to live without you. Right. And it speaks yeah. to what you said, you know, our purpose is to raise adults. Well, I just never thought of it that way. And I wasn't intentionally preparing myself nor intentionally having conversations 
to prepare her and my son, you know, a few years behind her for life after she moves out. And so just not having that purpose in mind, you know, intentional in my consciousness, that's one of the reasons why it hit me so hard because I hadn't been strategically to some degree preparing for her to be an adult. And so that's why I came face to face with, you know, what my identity really is. But if we know that our purpose is to prepare them for a life without us, then the things that we do are going to hopefully aim toward that purpose. Right. And right. when that purpose happens, like is happening with my daughter, it, it can be more of a celebration. Like this is what we've prepared for rather than, oh right. my goodness, what's right. happening. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to just all of a sudden have it thrown in my face, like uh, you don't have a little girl anymore. And that I think the, the purpose piece that you mentioned is so critical. And I think without really being clear on what our purpose is around preparation, then it's easy to do what you kind of alluded to is to just really parent from our egos, you know, mm -hmm. parent from our uh, short term, what's right in front of us, what's the diaper that needs to be changed now, right. what's the mouth that needs to be fed now, mm -hmm. what's the grade that needs to be entered now, what's the thing that needs to be done right now to get me to that next moment or to get us to the next day. And when we are parenting in, in somewhat of a sloppy way, I would say, and that's, that's not to be demeaning in any way to those of us that have done all those things, but we're not parenting with a higher level purpose. We're just parenting with an in the moment kind of purpose. Then it's easier for us to fall back on our unconscious patterns, you know, our right. unconscious programmings. I was telling somebody just yesterday, we were talking about parenting and I was saying that my wife and I, we both do similar things in parenting related to discipline, but we do it for completely different reasons. But we never had these discussions. We never said, okay, this is how we're going to discipline our <laughs> right. children with the purpose of yeah. preparing them for adulthood. So let's be on the same page. And then we just kind of default to, you know, whatever our own unconscious patterns are. We try to make up for our own insecurities. We decide that we're not going to parent the way we were parented right. or we don't yeah. have a model. And that's where it gets, you know, really difficult if we don't have some clarity there. Yeah, because I think, you know, it starts out being really, really simple when they're infants, you know, if they're fussy, you know, they're, it's, Keep you know, alive. They're, right, yeah, they're, they're hungry, they need to be burped, they need to diaper, or they're, they're tired, and it's like, it's easy, um, but as the kids grow, it gets more complex, and um, our, like you said, we're reacting to what's happening now, how to handle the kid, and as our children evolve, the relationship has to evolve. And, you know, some of it's really exciting, especially as kids get more intellectual, you can have deeper conversations, you can broaden their horizons, and it's a lot of fun. And then as they get out in the world, they get new perspectives, and maybe mom and dad are not the gods that they started out to be. And that can be scary for the <laughs> parent, for the adult, right? Because we're no longer the, the person. Um, they got friends did, and, and that kind of that thing. one in. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is, um, it's a, it's an evolution and it's wanting the absolute best for the kids. And yet I think rarely do we take the step back and really see right. what, you know, what are we doing and, and where are we going with this? Um, 
until and why? And yeah. why are we doing all of that? <laughs> right. Yeah. And you why know, I'd love we're... to share something based on what you just said. Sorry to, to jump in. Oh, on go. That's all right. Uh, when you were talking about just the evolution and we're no longer their main input, you know, of programming, mm -hmm. right. As soon as they get into social media or, you know, in the preteen years, depending on where they get access to it, but they're going to their school. And even if our children don't have access to Facebook or Instagram or any of the social media sites, they are communing with people that do with other kids that do. So it's impossible for them to not be programmed as they start to get into these teenage years. For me, what hit me is not just that piece about the programming, but the timing. So once upon a time, I could measure the, the, the moments that I spent with my daughter on a weekly basis, I could measure them in days because I was spending right. seven days a week with her. Mm -hmm. And then as she got a little older, she started going to school. She started to, uh, to, to get into her you know, group of friends. Then it started to be less days. And as she got older and older into her teenage years, then it started to be hours per week. And now it's just minutes per week. So as, my, as, as the space on her plate has gotten smaller and smaller for dad. That's been the thing that I've really struggled with because it's, right. again, I wasn't prepared for that. And so mm -hmm. how can I make those moments count more and not take for granted all the stuff I took for granted when she was under my roof, you know, seven days a week. So that shrinking of the time I have with her has been one of the most profound and painful things I've personally dealt with. Yeah. And that, and that shift does, um, kind of stretches the heartstrings, right? Mm. When the boys went off and were in college, it's like, you know, I could feel that pull that, you know, those lines were stretched tight and, you know, they're off doing their thing. And part of me is, you know, I'm, I'm left at home alone. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Um, but to be able to adjust to, um, celebrating that, they're out there. And as you said, adjust the um, conversation and more intentional, um, be more direct and make the minutes count. Uh, make the minutes count. I, I yeah. just feel that make the minutes count. Right. And so much of this comes down to our identity, which again, you alluded to earlier. What's our identity as a parent? What's our identity mm -hmm. as a person? What's our identity as a husband, a wife, a son? Uh, daughter, you know, all of these different identities that we have. And a lot of times you, you, you mentioned it a few moments ago, a lot of times we try to parent our kids so that our kids would make us, will make us look good right? as parents. Right. Mm -hmm. So if our kids are getting A's in school <laughs> or if they look good or if they, you know, behave, then what does that reflect upon us right. as parents? Mm -hmm. And when we are parenting from the protection of our ego, we're not really parenting for the evolution of that child. Right. At least that's not our main intention. If yeah. we're trying to protect our enoughness or our goodness as mm -hmm. a parent, I remember a story with a, a client of mine years ago, we were talking about this, this issue and how she would erupt on her child who was young, five, six, seven at the time. And she would get really frustrated. And when we do dove into it a little bit, she recognized that her irritation was because he was making her look bad. Mm 
And he had just gone to school, like preschool or kindergarten or one of the early, early stages with, I think, two different shoes on and like, you know, striped pants and a plaid shirt or something, right? right. <laughs> made all the mistakes when it comes to dressing himself. And sh when she dropped him off at school, she went up to the teacher and said, I apologize uh, for the way my son uh, dressed himself today. And she mm -hmm. was genuinely essentially trying to save face by making sure the teacher knew that she didn't dress the child. And the teacher just shut her down even before she finished her apology and said, listen, you think we don't know? <laughs> which children dress themselves, right? Like that's the last right. thing you have to do is apologize. Mm -hmm. But the big point here is at a very early age, her ego and her identity as a good parent was being determined by the clothing choices that her six, seven, eight year old son was making. Right. And that's where it gets really, I will say dangerous for us internally, Absolutely. but also for our kids. Right. Yeah. Because you could be celebrating that the child at a young age can tie the shoe, can right. button the shirt, can dress himself. And instead of celebrating that accomplishment, we get wound up in the details and how it looks and how, it, you know, then how it makes us look. How it reflects um, on us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And wanting the best for our children is one thing. And yet determining what that is, especially when our ego gets in the way right. and, um, you know, then we start, you know, start breaking the contract really. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's good. I know. Um, yeah. Uh, I just had our, we did one of our family dinners for Thanksgiving, um, on Sunday and there was somebody at the table talking and he does, um, involved in 4-H training um, kids to in the shooting sports, archery and target shooting. And he had a kid that was a young man that couldn't hit the target for to save his soul. Yeah. And so the instructor, he said, you know, had switched sides. And when he switched from right to left, then the kid was hitting the target almost all the time. He was left eye dominant, even though he was right-handed otherwise. Wow. And the, the, part that just tore me up was that the kid's father was adamant that the child only shoot right-handed hmm. for whatever story that man had about right. what wow. left meant or being left eye dominant or it's not proper or right just being he would rather him, have his probably. son struggle and stay and shoot right than to shoot left and and you know hit the marks and it's like wow. You know, how do we do that? <laughs> um, yeah, it speaks to what our main intention is, you know, going back to what we've been talking about with the purpose of, of the child. But uh, one of the most profound conversations you and I had in my perspective years ago was the conversation of what's the most powerful trait we can give our children as parents? What's the thing that will yeah. prepare them for the world the most? Mm -hmm. And we both agreed very clearly that yeah. that trait is resiliency. Resiliency. Yeah. 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 And that really changed a lot for me, just thinking about, you know, what is resilience? Because resilience requires mm -hmm. adversity. It's impossible Absolutely. to build the muscle of resilience without adversity. 
And yet how many of us as parents, I've done this plenty of times, my wife and I do this unconsciously, we want to protect our children from adversity. So if we want right. to protect our children from adversity, but we want them to build resilience. You got to pick one. It <laughs> can't happen. Those, right. those two things can't yeah. happen. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean throw mm -hmm. them on the street or drop them off at a corner and, and make them find their way home. Right. But the idea is we helicopter our, our children too much. Right. And in our desire to protect mm -hmm. them, usually because of what it means about us as parents, we actually enable them. And a lot of times they will then go off into the world, not having built the muscles of independence or resilience. And that's when it's going to matter more. Right. And that's right. a real, like I can feel my body getting activated just now saying mm -hmm. that, because that's yeah. a real potential problem and danger that stems from us trying to protect our children yeah. from the thing that's going to build the most important muscle. Right. Yeah. When they fall down and even, even as a toddler, like they're learning to walk and they fall down and there's that moment mm. where the parent can hold back and see if the kid gets up and if he bruised himself and decides it hurts, he can cry or he can just get up and you can say, yeah, you got up. Or in that moment, are we rushing in and, oh, you poor kid and, and you know, protecting them from feeling you know, feeling hurt, feeling pain. Um, yeah. And really it, it's hard. I mean, John, you know, <laughs> it's hard to, um, really be able to make those choices to let your child go, let them fail, let them, you know, see what they're doing and let them go. Um, but it is so powerful to be able to do that. Um, this is a fantastic conversation. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, what do children want and what mm. do they need from us as parents? Um, my guest today is Coach Sean Smith. His website is www.coachseansmith.com. I am your host, Coach Christine Clark. My website is sunglowtransformation.com. You can find me on Instagram, on LinkedIn, at Facebook, at sunglowtransformation, and also at Coach Christine Clark. This is a rich, wonderful conversation about the parent-child relationship, especially as children grow up and leave the nest. And we're going to just take a little break, and then we'll be right back. Does your life often feel like an emotional tsunami where rogue waves crash down on you, leaving you feeling hopeless and wondering if it will ever end? Do you wish to awaken the dormant strength inside of you? Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Start today by scheduling a complimentary consultation with Martinet. Dive into your healing journey and begin to see your life in a new light. Visit martineemmons.com and make your appointment today. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off, you're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Have you heard about shifting the collective vibration and consciousness on the planet? 
Join me, Kimberly Barrett, on the Sharing Love and Light show every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern at TransformationTalkRadio.com to explore the depth of vibration and consciousness on our planet and learn how you can shine your love and light. To learn more, visit SharingLoveAndLightShow.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens, with monthly guest host Karen Button. Tune in for powerful conversations about health and wellness. Karen brings unique insights rich with humor and science to her discussions with experts in medicine, movement, psychology, spirituality, and so much more. Don't miss Karen on The Truth is Funny every third Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBetton.com. Who taught you or your kids how to handle stress? That's right, no one. I'm combat veteran Deb Lewis, and I'm on a mission to change that. My new children's book, Why is Pono Not Pono Today, is set in Hawaii. Lovable characters, Pono the Bull and his friend Kuleana, show us how a stressful situation ends happily. Look closer to reveal powerful ways to handle all types of stress. Start loving your stress-filled life today. Go to mentallytoughwomen.com. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. I'm Coach Christine. This is Forging a Life Beyond the Curve, Calling in Your Unique Destiny. My guest today is Coach Sean Smith, and we're talking about the parent-child relationship as it evolves, especially when children leave the nest. And Sean, the question what we want to look at right now is, you know, what do children need and what do they want, do you think, from the parent, from us? Yeah, that's a really juicy question. And I think something that that's important that we were just chatting about on the break is that there are no pat answers. Yeah. And we tend to look for the one size fits all solutions in parenting or relationships or personal development of any kind. And they they just don't exist. You know, there's no such thing as when this happens, always do that because humans are involved. Right. So, you know, hopefully we can spawn some questions not necessarily give answers, but in my opinion, what do kids want? I think kids want 
independence. I think kids want to be celebrated. I think we all need to be celebrated and acknowledged. Obviously, this is going to shift as children grow throughout the, the course of their upbringing. But I think children want unconditional love. I think yeah. children also want boundaries. You know, I, I think we do a big disservice for ourselves and our kids when we assume that we know what the kids want because we knew what we wanted when we were 12, right? Right. Back when we grew up with no internet and no social mm -hmm. media and nowhere <laughs> near the society that exists now. And we think a 12 year old back then is the same as a 12 year old now, but it, they're not, I mean, they're, they're literally, they're different humans. It's a different society. It's a, con a completely different generation, but there are fundamentals still that I think right. do apply. And I think, our children, what, what our children really want. I think one of the things our children want is to be liked. Yeah. I think it's really, you know, we know that our children, that our parents are supposed to love us and we use the word love all the time, but when was the last time I, I might start crying as I, when I answer this question, <laughs> cause I'm asking it to myself. Yeah. When was the last time I told either one of my children, I really like you. Yeah. I mean, I say, and I that, love you all the time, every day, multiple times. Right. Day, yeah. And it I becomes like who you are. Yeah. And, and it's a different energy and I can feel that Absolutely. it's like, because we all want to be liked, but to be liked by our parent is like the ultimate, you know, stamp of approval. Um, yeah. And that doesn't they, mean we have to be soft. You know, we just, no. we just want that. They want to know that we mm -hmm are proud of who they are as a person, not just that they that we love them as our offspring, right? Because right. love can feel like an obligation. And to some degree, it kind of is. But liking somebody, that's a choice. And it's mm -hmm. based on how you see that other person. So I think if we can give our kids the, the knowingness that we uh, appreciate who they are as a person. And, and one of the things that I think a lot of us do as parents that I believe is a big mistake is we punish the person for the behavior. We punish the person for the performance. So if they perform bad on us, right. on the school, you know, in, in the schoolyard, not a schoolyard, but you know, within their report cards or on the sports fields or anywhere else, if they perform bad, then we punish them as a person. I mean, think about how many times we just unconsciously as a parent, or we might've heard this as a kid, what's wrong with you or what's the matter with you? Right. right yeah. You did that thing. Right. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And that language That's... is really important for us to understand because if I'm a child and my parent says, what's wrong with you? Right. That's talking about me as a person. That's not yeah. me, the performer. That's not my behavior. Mm -hmm. That's the behavior. And that's a connection that I think we make that. I mean, I know you see this in your coaching. I see this in my coaching. A lot right. of the deep work that we do with people takes them back all the way to childhood, childhood and right. some of these, these conversations mm -hmm. and, and sometimes just a single thing that one of our parents did. Yeah. And that wound stays with us because we think there's something wrong with me as a person when I mess up. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with one of my clients um, on Monday and we were kind of looking back and how she used to believe that she was never enough for her dad, mm. but through the work, she was able to see that he actually had quite high, 
not high expectations of her, but a high belief in her. He saw that she could do anything, but as the way it came across in her growing up was she could always be doing more. And so that's how she internalized it. But the truth was that when we, you know, put the work into it is that no, he, he believed her capacity beyond all measure and saw the best in her. But yeah. um, And I think the hybrid here is that it's not an either or it's not, we're not saying lower your standards for your kids. I think what could have happened, and I'm not trying again to judge any parents because this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm sure you would say the same. So in no way are we pretending that, you know, parenting is easy, but from the perspective that we have with a lot of the work that we do, if that father would have said, I'm hard on you because I believe in you so much, then it gives the child the reason for the discipline. Because without the reason for the discipline, this person said, why is my dad so hard on me? And then that's the question that the juvenile mind answers. And usually the child's mind answers that question of why is my parent doing this with some version of I'm not good enough. So if we as a parent will give the child a different answer to that question, then we can hopefully get in front of a lot of the self-punishment that we just naturally take on as kids. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What that would do too, is if we were to tell ourselves as parents that every time we discipline our kids, we have to tell them why (laughs) it would be really profound. Yeah. A lot of times we won't know why. Right. So it'll be a really powerful Mm -hmm. exercise for ourselves to go, huh? Why is it so important that they get A's? Why is it so important that they Mm -hmm. make their bed? Why is it so important that they, you know, clean up after themselves? And it doesn't mean you have to change any of your beliefs. You will know as a parent why it's so important to you. And that could be massively transformational for yourself as well. Because we all parent, like we all behave with our own triggers and traumas and programmings and like all these things that are built into our system. Might as well know about it and, you know, change what we can and, and, you know, and, and don't change anything we don't want to change. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Why am I, am I correcting that for you? Well, because, you know, I want you to go out and prove to society that I'm a good parent. I don't want to look bad. Uh, yeah. Like, no, no, that's not why. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, feel that, that that's a huge one. Just, and it'd be simple enough to put in the play. It's like, okay, if you're correcting, ask yourself what, you know, what are you, what is that? Where is that coming from? Um, and even if it's not something that you tell the child in the moment, maybe it's something that you write in your mm-hmm. journal later that night. You know, yeah, why did right. I erupt? It's all just a process yeah. of evolution and self-discovery that I think everybody wins with. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And like you said, the it's part of our personal growth and it pertains to us as parents to that parent-child relation, to continue to be more aware of who we are, how we come across, and, and what's going on. You know, our, our identity um, as a parent, what we want for our kids. Um, and I, I, uh, It's so deep. I know we've already touched on that a couple of times, but it, it's just so deep because that's so many different angles 
to right. it. You know, what does it mean if our children get bad grades or what does it mean if they do drugs or what does it mean if they have sex earlier than we had sex or, or earlier <laughs> than we want them to, or what does yeah. it mean if they follow certain people or listen to certain, you know, music mm-hmm. or whatever it is, what does it mean about me? That's one of the most powerful questions I've been confronted with in my own coaching over the last couple of years. What does it mean about me that, what does yeah. it mean about me that my wife has certain behavior, that my children have certain behavior, that my bank account is so low, that my bank account is so high, right? Like, what does it mean about me yeah. inside yeah. of those circumstances? That is the most confronting personal development question that I've had, but it's also the most liberating one. And specifically in the context of parenting, what does it mean about me that my child is, you know, what, whatever, uh, whatever the answer is or whatever we're Right. trying to figure out. And, you know, one other thing that you just reminded me of when you, you were talking here a moment ago, when going back to the question, what do our kids want? I think yeah. our kids also want to know certain stuff. Like they, they want to know why we're doing things. They, they would love to know why we yeah. set a 10 PM curfew. Mm-hmm. Part of it is just, you know, their attitude, like, why do I got to be home at 10? But part of it is they're, they're constantly, you know, we're all meaning making machines and we're constantly trying to figure out why things work the way they work. Where are the boundaries and why are the boundaries there? And can I get over those boundaries? That's part of just the natural curiosity of humans learning this thing called life and parenting and all that stuff. So it's not that they're intentionally trying to uh, get, get around our authority or anything like that. They're just trying to learn stuff, but they want open communication. I think that's right. one of the things that you and I are really big on. And kids want to know that we as parents are a safe space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we're going to, we're getting close to the break here and I do want to take the the break and then come back, but you're absolutely right, Sean. Um, people, the children want to know us and know, I know where we're coming from. And that is like one of the most powerful things we can do as parents is to be honest and with our kids and, and not be afraid of the conversations. Mm. It's fantastic. Um, we're going we're gonna to take a little break here, and then when we come back, we're going to um, talk about um, something that's very special and coming up that, you know, Sean has written a book um, about this parent-child relationship, and we're going to touch on that and talk a little bit more about um, being honest and open with our kids. So this is uh, Fortune Life Beyond the Curve, Calling in Your Unique Destiny. I am Coach Christine Clark. My guest today is Coach Sean Smith. You can find him at www.coachshawnsmith.com on the web. You can find me at Sunglow Transformation and Coach Christine Clark on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and on the web. And we'll be right back after this. Tired of not losing the weight? You need a healthy solution for weight loss that protects your muscle mass as the fat burns away naturally. Holistic Medical Center has the healthy option for your weight loss concerns. Lose one to three pounds per day in 21 days naturally under our physician supervision. Call Holistic Medical Center 425-451-0404 or on the web drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune into And That's When I Realized, the truth and comedy of midlife with me, Susan Dolce. 
and me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just got to laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Are you ready to shift your life into overdrive and stop wasting your time? If so, then I want to invite you right now to the Body Regeneration Online Academy with me, Tracy L. In a world filled with so much information, you can get overloaded and confused, left feeling like you've tried everything and still no results. If this is you, then this platform is for you to help you step into your power, your intuition, and gain clarity. You will learn simple tools that you can use as you walk down the street, and I will teach you how to grow a stronger connection to the God consciousness. Imagine having me as your coach, shifting you, uplifting you, empowering you every week, and most of all, helping you stay connected so you can navigate your life's journey with ease and grace. Nothing will be able to get in your way. Plus, you will have a community filled with souls just like you to pick you up when you fall down and support you on your wins. No one can go this journey alone. If you are ready for your live activations, check me out at tracylclark.com and join the TLC Body Regeneration Online Academy now. Life can be demanding, but sometimes our wheels are spinning and we're too focused on making them turn to notice we're stuck in the mud. Tune into The Pause with me, Ellen Wyoming Deloy, every second and fourth Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Learn how to stop, reflect, and start moving forward with intention. And if you're really looking to jumpstart your personal development, schedule a free coaching consultation with me at ellenwyomingdeloy.com. Is your life stressful and unfulfilling? Would you like to make changes, but you don't know how? Hi, I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show. I'd like to recommend The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. This is a memoir with questions to help you change your story and live a life that's more pleasing to you. For more information or to purchase this fabulous book, please go to transformationtalkradio.com or go to carlgreer.com. Want to ignite your best life full of joy, passion, and purpose? Then join me, Stephanie James, for The Spark, Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com, and learn how together we can illuminate the world. Learn more on StephanieJames.world. The best is yet to come. Tune into Hungry for Answers every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com with me, Robin Clare. I am a recovery coach, professional, and best-selling author, bringing you eye-opening conversations about addiction and groundbreaking tools for recovery. To learn about me and my offerings, visit Clarity.com. That's Claire, C-L-A-R-E-I-T-Y.com. Hello, this is Coach Christine Clark. This is Forging a Life Beyond the Curve, calling in your unique destiny. I'm here every fourth Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Today, our conversation is the parent-adult conversation and adult-child conversation. My guest is Coach Sean Smith. Um, We were just talking about you know, the communication and children really wanting to know us. 
And that brought to my mind, Sean, that, you know, the relationship is a two-way street. Even though the adult does most, the parent does most of the um, managing to start with, but in the second 10 years when you're preparing them to leave, honesty and trust is important in that relationship. Keeping the relationship open is so important. And my experience is that if I want honesty and from my kids, then I need to be honest with them. And I have to trust them. I remember distinctly, my youngest, we were going somewhere, he was not much older than 16. He was driving, he had a steady girlfriend, and I asked if they were sexually active. <laughs> and the answer was yes. Mm. And I immediately felt the anger just well up because they were too young. I didn't want him to ruin his life. I didn't want him to have to kill all this. But simultaneously with that, I knew instantly that if I let that anger out, I had broken the contract. Mm. Because if I reacted with anger when he was totally honest with me, why would he ever be totally honest with me again? Mm, and it. so I, I tamped it down. I breathed and just said, well, are you, are you using birth control? Are you being safe? And then, yeah, the answer was yes. But it's just one of those moments where I realized that oh, I can't do that. I can't do that if I want to stay in relationship with this amazing young man. <laughs> yeah. That's a powerful story. And I think any of us that are parents, especially as our kids are in, in the teenage years or beyond, we've probably had moments like that where we just naturally want to respond in a certain way, but we don't understand why, or we don't have that long-term purpose in mind. And I love what you said. If you want him to share his truth with you for the rest of your lives, then don't shut it down now and definitely don't punish it. And that's what we tend to do as parents. At least it's easy for us to do is we shut down our kids' yeah. honesty because we don't like what they have to say. Right. <laughs> and, and we think we're doing the right thing. At least our emotional traumas and triggers think it's doing the right thing in the moment. But I mean, kids are so wise and they recognize, okay, uh, you're not ever going to hear anything from me again. Right. And yeah. so why, why should learn. I tell you? <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. they'll learn to give the mm -hmm. answers that just get by the moment and get them out of the situation that they don't want to be in. Right. And what it does, I think, long-term is it creates some distance between us and our kids that I think later on in life, we really want, right? Like, it, like we can't, yeah. we can't want our adult children to be able to talk to us about anything if we shut it down as a child, because that doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, I don't want you to tell me truth, truthful right. stuff about whether you're doing drugs or having sex or, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, but then later on, tell me truthful stuff, like, because the foundation of trust hasn't been established. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. a, that's a tough one, but a really, really powerful one. Yeah. Um, I do want to make sure that we touch on um, your book. Yes. So Sean Smith has a book that is it, is it out yet? Can people get it? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Okay. Not quite yet. Yeah. Um, the book is daddy. Are you proud of me? And it's geared, written from uh, the father-daughter relationship, but easily transfers to all parent-child um, relationships. And 
Sean, what I love best about um, this book is it didn't, it wasn't something you just said, oh, let's write a book about, you know, how to communicate with our kids. It came organically from your coaching. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. When I started out as a coach back in the 2006, seven, eight, um, I ended up in the world of Mary Kay, which is how I, I think we first yeah, crossed that's right. paths. Yeah. And so I coached one-on-one hundreds of women and as you know, in groups, thousands of women. And whenever you get into any kind of personal development coaching, you're always going to land on self-esteem because that's why we hold ourselves back. That's why we have the fears that we have. That's why we have the perfection and other patterns that we have is self-esteem. And what I learned after a few years is a woman's self-esteem has a direct shot back to her relationship with her father, but even more specifically, whether she thinks her dad was proud of her or not. That's just what kept coming out with all of my coaching. And so eventually I learned we're going to get to the daddy stuff anyway. So we might as well go there now. (laughs) And I started to explore, you know, what was your relationship like with your father? And I learned about the father relationship through the perspective of women, which I didn't have. I didn't grow up Mm -hmm. as a little girl, obviously. So I had a different relationship with my dad and with my mom. And so it was a a huge awareness for me. And it changed the way I started parenting my daughter, who was five, six, seven at that time. And when I learned that the main question that so many women have, whether they're conscious of it or not, is daddy, are you proud of me? Then I would tell my daughter that every single day. And I would whisper it to her, to, to her ear when she was asleep. Cause I know the unconscious mind never sleeps, you know, sweetheart, I'm proud of you. And I would just try to give her the solutions to all the problems that I was finding with the father daughter relationship in the coaching. And then I just kept telling other people, like somebody has got to write a book. Like somebody needs to tell dads because we didn't get these memos. Right. And then somebody held a mirror up and goes, yeah, uh, you need to write that book. So I did, I wrote the book and it's, it's here. I've got a physical copy. That's me and her on the, on the front when she was a a little tyke. And it's really um, a message to fathers with daughters. Basically I'm playing the reporter. I'm not saying any, like, I'm not sharing my, my morals or my values or what I think should be done. I'm saying, listen, I've coached thousands of women and this is what they tell me about their dads. This is how their relationship affected their life, their relationships, their success, their body image, their Mm -hmm. self-esteem, their confidence. And we need to know dads because nobody tells us this stuff. So that was my whole intention for the book. What's been interesting about the book, Christine, is the majority of my community are females. And so when they hear the book and they hear the title, they're like, I need to read that book. And so several women have, well, probably, I don't know, hundreds of women at this point have read the book, like just as it was being written, you know, early versions of it. And they were being healed because it was like they were listening in on a coaching conversation between me and their dad. And I wasn't even writing directly to the women, but they were vicariously learning. And they were also learning about their dad as I talked to him. And and some of them don't have fathers that are alive anymore, or they don't have fathers that are open to these conversations, but the healing has already happened. So the book has kind of taken on a life of its own, where it really speaks to females, because every woman has a dad. 
and it really speaks to dads. And I'm, I'm super proud of the effect of it. And part of it is because it's, it's actually not my work. It's just a collection of what I've learned. And, uh, you know, I want to heal relationships and restore relationships. So the book's not out, but anybody can get at least the first chapter of it by going to my website. There's a link up at the top that says my book and people can sign up on the list and get, uh, get notifications when the book does come out here in a few months. Uh, but you can start reading it right away. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, and that is at your website, which is www.seansmith.com. And there's a link at the top. You get the first chapter of daddy. Are you proud of me? So this and as is, you said, everything relates to everybody, right? You know, I talk right. about masculinity in there with the, with the men and, and talk about self-esteem with the women. And so it's not just this one particular conversation. And that's what I love about this conversation in general, whether people have 20 year old boys or 20 year old girls or seven kids or right. one child, this is such an expansive conversation yeah. about like, what do kids really truly need? And that's how we can answer the questions of what should we do as yeah. parents? And, right. You know, I just love the two way street. Like you're saying, honesty is, is everything. And it'll, Absolutely. it'll bring us to our own personal uh, recipes that we're walking around life with. Absolutely. It's uncomfortable, but it's the only liberation there is really. Yep. It is. It is. Thank you for this, Sean. This has been a wonderful conversation. I know that we've only hit the tip of the iceberg. It goes so possible, fast. I didn't know time was, was... going to speed up when I was <laughs> yeah, on your radio right. show. <laughs> it does. It does. It's magic. Benny does that. Yes. So, um, <laughs> This has been great. Thank you so much. This is, uh, I am Coach Christine Clark. This is Forging a Life Beyond the Curve, calling in your unique destiny. And um, I'm here every fourth Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern. My guest today is Coach Sean Smith, and you can find him at CoachSeanSmith.com. Until next time. Uh, give your kids a hug and we'll see you um, in December. Thanks for tuning in to Forging a Life with Christine Clark. Remember to acknowledge your talents and skills. Your gifts are the elements needed to claim the life of your dreams. Believe you have what it takes to forge the life you want. Through intuition, trusting yourself, and the process, take action and call your life into a vibrant, beautifully lit existence aligned with your core self. To learn more or work with Christine, visit sunglowtransformation.com.